I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the last episode of 2023 of the theatrical podcast, The Last Show on Earth. I'm Alistair Brammer. And I'm John Owen-Jones, and this is the festive edition of the podcast in which we ask our guest the question that nobody ever needed to ask. If there was a huge asteroid hurtling toward Earth, threatening to destroy life as we know it, and you could see one more show before you die, what would it be? It can be anything you want, a show you've seen, one you wish you'd seen, or something you've completely made up entirely. Our guest for this Christmas is Irish musical theatre actor Killian Donnelly, an old friend of both of ours and a massive fan of this very podcast. Killian is known for playing numerous roles in the musical theatre canon, including lead roles in Les Miserables, The Commitments, Memphis, Billy Elliot, Kinky Boots, The Phantom of the Opera, and recently Fun Home at the Gate Theatre in Dublin. He's also just returned to Les Mis for a strictly limited run to reprise the role of Jean Valjean at the Sondheim Theatre in London. Killian's somebody we've both worked with, so we apologise in advance if we behave like three silly little schoolboys. And in fact, we did, so sorry about that. Now, we were delighted to talk to Killian because he's very busy being a West End star and has a young family, so we're glad he found the time to talk to us all about his blockbusting choice for a last show on Earth. It's a bit of a Christmas cracker. We also talked to Killian about lonely kangaroos seeing Toy Story 3. And also, ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to announce that this episode features the return of the much-loved and much-missed John vs. Killian series. Now, we had such fun that we rabbited on for more than two hours when we talked, but we have managed to trim this down to a more manageable hour and twenty or so. We're going to need a bigger podcast. (laughs) Now, make sure you listen to the very end of this episode, because we're going to be sharing our plans for the show going forward in 2024 and about how you, the listener, can get involved. But in the meantime, please enjoy the last show on earth of Ireland's biggest musical theatre export. Apart from Colm Wilkinson. Mr. Killian Donnelly. I, I remember being stopped in Leicester Square on my way to a show by the wonderful Adam Linstead. Oh, yeah. And he just gave me a big hug and he said, I just want to say, I love your John versus Killian videos. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, mate. And he goes, what What made you do them? And I was going, uh, John said we need something to get us through the matinees. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the midweek matinee, yeah, let's do it. And then that just became a thing. Here we ask a question nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. My name is John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. We want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last. What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? 
show on earth. This is the last show on earth. Welcome to the last show on earth, Killian Donnelly. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. I've loved the last 20 minutes of us chatting. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't let them peek behind the curtain. This is the first time we've spoken. How's it going? Where are you in the world? Good, man. I'm in London. Yeah. Chilling here. Kids are asleep. So, yeah, it's all, it's all good. Good, good. Gravy. Where in London are you? I'm southeast. Uh, I've oh, got that's, a... that's your own flat, right? That's yeah, 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 yeah. I've okay. got a place yeah, here for yeah. the last six years. I bought oh, okay. it. I had a flat and I sold it when I went to Broadway. And then whilst on Broadway, I came back and sort of like flew back for like 48 hours to sort of do some house hunting. And it was the first place I saw out of five. And I said, oh, that's 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 the place I'm going to get. And I remember talking to my mom and she was like, view it about three or four, five times. But I was like, well, it's the one I want. And I viewed the other ones and I went, no, I want this one. And she goes, okay, go back and do a viewing. And there were people in it who thought I was going to be their new landlord. Right. So they gave me the right. best like tour of the place ever. And I was like, this is incredible. This is amazing. And they go, there's loft space. There's all of this. We've lived here for five years. It's so quiet. We love it here. We absolutely love it here. I was like, amazing. I'll take it. Get out. And wow. then you- <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> you love it, do you? How much do you love it? Out of 10? 10. Okay, bye. <laughs> Well, it's that sort of cold ambition that's got you where you've got to, isn't it? <laughs> I know, you have to be cutthroat in this business. I'll take it, bye. So, yes, but you've got a place in Dublin as well? Yeah, myself and my wife bought one in Dublin just before, actually just before the COVID. Um, yeah. and sorry, did sorry, did you just say the COVID? Yeah, that was very Irish that's, of me, wasn't that's it? the COVID. The COVID thing. Um, There's more to Ireland than this. <laughs> than this, than COVID. <laughs> No, we went, I think it was uh, the uh, January, February, we moved oh, in. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it all kicked off uh, in March, and then my son was mm. born in April. So it was actually great because it, it needed work. It was a house that needed work, but we got the first 18 months of my son being born yeah. because of the COVID, yeah. and it was actually beautiful. It was really, really special uh, to just... To, we were both to... doing a similar thing at the time. Oh, yeah. I, my son was six months old, and it was sort of... Do you know what? This is actually brilliant to just not yeah. be able yeah. to do anything but care for your your kid and be with your wife and pretty amazing. You know, because I was doing Phantom tour and the reality would have been we we're in Manchester and the re- the reality yeah. would have been you go away for two weeks and then come back to us in Manchester and I just I just after two weeks like neither neither of us had a clue of how to even feed a change a nappy. We were like, yeah. oh my god, like this two weeks isn't enough. But uh, yeah. yeah, I was very very lucky. Yeah, and then of course the show closed. And then the then the show closed, yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. it had just opened, and yeah. Lame's tour had still been going, so that was able mm-hmm. to pause where we had just opened, and they relied on the yeah. next venue's sales. So yeah, oh, because I'd I'd heard they closed not because of COVID, but because you were shit, isn't well, that? Well, there was isn't there that, was the, there was that, wasn't the, there? Yeah. Listen, listen, yeah, we've yeah, been yeah. split hairs over why we closed. COVID was a convenient excuse for them. Yes, yeah, so yeah. the old rivalry <laughs> is still there. You see, the John versus Killian rivalry is still there. <laughs> That was great. John versus Killian. I it used to tune in for that. Really fun, wasn't it? I, I remember being stopped in Leicester Square on my way to a show by the wonderful Adam Linstead. Oh, yeah. And he just gave me a big hug and he said, I just want to say, I love your John versus Killian videos. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, mate. And he goes, what, what made you do them? 
And I was going, uh, John said we need something to get us through the matinees. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the midweek matinee. Yeah, let's do it. And then that just became a thing. Well, didn't it start off with like, um, oh God, how did it start pictures. off? Was it like pictures, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Competition. Who can try the most costumes on? That was the first one. Yeah. That was pictures. And then it became a video and then it became yeah. a super big production. We yeah. involved all the cast. Because I had really gotten into video editing. Yeah. And I said, I can, I can edit it or whatever. And I remember it was like, we were so excited to write it and then to yeah. put out ideas and then to film it everyone wanted to get involved so by the time we were doing the guitar hero yeah like the entire cast was in your dressing room and yeah, we yeah, were yeah. just like we had the 10 minutes to do it to, of the yeah. interval so we're like let's yeah, do it yeah. and the twister one as well that oh, was yes the cracker challenge oh the jacob's cracker thing yes yeah. yes god yeah jacob's cracker challenge yeah and then the final one we did of course was with your dad in a pub do you remember that <laughs> in a pub yeah my birthday yeah we just took a picture of us three like drinking john versus killian versus Killian's dad, and then he won because we'd both passed out from the drink and he was still painting, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Oh, good old. Oh, is your dad? He's great. He's great. And he, he really, really sends his love to all of you. Uh, he always says, John, John's gorgeous because John always gives me the time at a stage door. He, and you, you'll spot him. Yeah. And he, he always says, John, yeah. John spotted me and he came straight over to me and he was like, who are you leaving? How's it going? <laughs> that doesn't sound like John. Whereas, whereas I do actively avoid him at stage door, <laughs> so it's fair enough. Hiya, Alistair. Oh, not tonight, mate. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> was it a sort of ant versus deck kind of thing? You'd sort of tot up points and then... Yeah, but I think we ended in a draw. Yeah, we ended in a draw. And then your dad won it, yeah. Well, listen, right. If it was a draw... Then we can decide today, once and for all, because I've got a John versus Killian quiz coming up later on. Fantastic. This will decide once and for all who the overall winner of John versus Killian why was. Don't we, why don't we do it now? Why don't we buck with tradition and do it now instead of sticking it at the end? All right. Yeah. What is all it? All right. Oh, my God, that's very exciting. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh God, He's this so is excited. Like... Right, okay. For those of you that... Oh, none of you can see what's going on. They both just sat up straight. Yeah. <laughs> like, ready. Yeah. Ready to I've, do it. I've turned both baby monitors off. Let's do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so the John versus Killian, you, thankfully you'll both know what this is, but um, I'll explain it anyway. We normally do something called either Mandy Sings... Josh Groban sings, or War or Warhorse Whistles is the most recent one. Now, oh. because this is the Christmas episode, I am going to do, and it's the first person to shout out the answer: Christmas songs, Warhorse Whistles. Oh, right. okay, okay. Oh, five, Christ. five songs. So it would be the first of three. Five, five yeah. songs where you were whistling into your hands. I don't think we can bear it to be honest, but okay. <laughs> We just shout the answer. They're all Christmas songs. Yeah. Right, you okay. can shout out, I will accept the title of the song or the singer of the song. Okay, okay can, I, can I suggest that we shout our names? I was so thinking that as well. Can, yeah, let's shout our names, yeah? Uh, no, John, you have to <laughs> shout out Jingle Bells. Okay. And, and Killian, you have to shout out um, Rock and Robin, okay? Rock and Robin, cool. Okay. Sorry, what do I have to shout out? Jingle Bells? Jingle Bells, okay. yeah. Ho, 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 John versus Killian. It's Warhorse, it's Warhorse. You gotta try and guess at the song that he whistles. It's Warhorse, it's Warhorse. You gotta try and get it. I really hope you get it. It's Warhorse whistles. Question number one. What Christmas song is this? 
Jingle bells. Yeah. I don't want to hear that anymore. Just tell us what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. What? Let's hear that song properly. <laughs> oh, my God. This is interminable. <laughs> it's, in, it's already too long, isn't it? We've got four more of these killers. <laughs> <laughs> right, no one's won so far. Next one. Rock and Robin. Last Christmas. Last oh, Christmas by Wham. Yeah, okay. Very good. 1-0. I've got a very Next strong one. feeling that Killian is going to win this, John versus Killian. I've got to I'm be honest. I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, you have to concentrate, John. You can do this. Okay, this, right, this one you will have both sung. But it's Christmas, but okay. it's just... Okay. Rock and Robin. Oh, oh, holy oh, night. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah, no, no, he's got it. He's got it. Oh, holy night. You beat me to it. Okay. He's got it. Okay. Yeah, so there's okay. two, two nil. She's only yeah. got one more to get, and then we won't yeah. have to listen to this anymore. You have to get this one. Okay, okay, ready? Okay. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Yeah. Yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town. Very good, very good. Which is available okay. on my Christmas album. I just love, I love the aggression behind the second jingle bell. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. I know, I just want to stop that piercing, piercing noise. Okay, okay, ready? Jingle bells. Yeah. J- a fairy tale in New York. Very good. Did a band keeps on playing. To all. This oh, is okay. the decider. Now you're back in it. This is the decider. Um, I haven't got a decider prepared because that was five. <laughs> so that was done. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get the first one. Okay, okay, I've got, uh, I've got, I've got one. Okay. Rock and Robin. Yep. White Christmas. Ah! White Christmas. Let's hear that song properly. <laughs> that is, oh my God, that was exhausting and painful. <laughs> well done, Killian. You I win. Well okay. done, Bravo, Killian. Killian. I'm okay. pleased for you. I'm pleased for you. But I, I'm, I'm very. I have to apologise to our audience for that horrible noise. <laughs> <laughs> my God. They can join in. Ho ho ho! John versus Killian. Whistles. Well, anyway, Killian, you're back in Les Mis. You're yeah. back in Les Mis. How did that come about? How long are you there for? I am there till February 10th. That came about because I took over from uh, the wonderful Josh Pitterman, who unfortunately, due to family circumstances, had to go back to Australia. So they just called me saying, would, you, would I be able to jump in? But the gassing is, I've never done it before. You've done it before, John, where you've just probably had to jump in oh, and yeah. do it. I've done where yeah. I've not had the three to four weeks rehearsal period so mm. that it gets back into your voice. So the, yeah. it was it was quite weird where the first week, uh, the first two weeks was getting it back into your body and into yeah, your voice. Yeah, yeah. So now I feel that I can comfortably and uh, enjoy it and go on yeah. stage and are really, you, really enjoy are it. You, uh, are you doing eight a week or have you got an alternate? Alternate, yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who have you got? Who's alternating you? Uh, Chris Jacobson. Oh, Chris, yeah. He Legends. did a tour with me in 2010 and everyone thought he was my son. <laughs> he was playing Kufarak, and in the first battle, it was so funny. I remember it vividly. Um, he got shot in the eye, right? He mind this whole thing. He was never supposed to happen. He got shot in the eye, and it was like, and then somebody bound his eye up, and he had all blood on the bandage. And and then it comes to the line where Angeras says to him, Kufarak, you take the watch. And he was completely blind. 
<laughs> so he was just going, I can't. He's just shrugging his shoulders. I can't. What are you doing? This can't. And then, and then everyone's going, it's Cooper Axe's fault that we're all going to die. <laughs> I love, like, we could talk We could talk forever about all the mishaps that have happened there through the years. Yeah. But one of my favourites was, I was Andres, I think, or maybe I was one of the students. I was a swing at the time. And Earl Carpenter came over the barricade for, listen, my friends, I have done, as I said. And the gunshot sound effect happens before, get down, bang, bang, bang. He's back. But they mistakenly played the horse from the runaway cart. So it was literally like, he's back. And he had the first line. Listen, my friends, I have done as I said. And you could just see everyone on stage sort of shaking with, we know what's going to happen as improvisations in this gap. I have. Mm. I will tell what I can. How's your horse? I'll get your horse. How's the horse, <laughs> Monsieur? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're in Limes now. You've just finished Fun Home, mm. which I saw in Dublin. The gate. Where was that? In the gate. The gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was apparently excellent. It was brilliant. It was. It was. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Do you know when you're in a show that you go, this is really good. This is really special as well. Yeah. But it was like the gate is such a beautiful, prestigious, uh, tiny theatre in Dublin. Mm. But you look at the people who've walked the halls of it and gone through and it's like unbelievable. Like Ray Fiennes did. Ray Fiennes, yeah. Yeah, he did uh, Brian Friel's The Faith Healer and there's pictures backstage of him unveiling a plaque to Brian Friel on stage at the gate. Um, I did a Sweeney Todd there years ago. That was the first job I did there. And then to get asked back to do Fun Home was like, yeah. But I was in Phantom when the season was announced. And one of the guys, Michael, in the cast came up to me and said, they just announced Fun Home at the gate in Dublin. You you should go for the dad. So I did that thing where you put the feelers out. And I don't know if you've ever wanted a job and you're not allowed to just go, I want this job. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. sort of a relationship thing where... Well, I like you, but I can't say that I like you. So let's, you know, go on a first date and see. Yeah. And yeah, they were the same. They were like Killian's on our radar, but they wanted me and I wanted it. And I didn't find that out until day one of rehearsals. Yeah. But it was. Right. I saw it on Broadway and it's 90 minutes long straight through. Perfect. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's incredible. And it's the, I think all <laughs> musicals should be like that. And now I'm finishing act one and I'm going at oh, fun home would be finished by now. Would be yeah. done, yeah. You didn't know, and you did, when I came to watch it, you didn't know what seat I was I was going to nah. be sitting in. And when it was the end of Act Two, you just, you you realised I was sat in this front row centre. Because <laughs> <laughs> after his big song in Act Two, I, I saw, saw him clock me. Because <laughs> he heard you snoring. Is that right? I say. <laughs> uh, just to remind me then, what what is Fun Home about? Fun Home is uh, based on the graphic novel by uh, Alison Bechtel. And she's, it's a tragic comic is how she described it. Mm. And it's not, uh, it's, there's a lot of uh, hurt and pain and there's elements, uh, themes of suicide in it, but it's her real life story of growing up with her father who was a closeted homosexual, but he never. And so as you can tell, it's title is slightly ironic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's it's not like a jukebox (laughs) jukebox musical. (laughs) Yeah. Because he, because he, they work at a funeral home is the whole thing. That's Ah, the whole backdrop of it. Yeah, but, yeah, they call it the fun home. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant, mate. You were fantastic in it. Thanks, pal. You were so good. the The production was so great. Yeah. Is it? Do you think it's going to have another life? Is it going to have another life? Do you think? 
No, I don't think so. Uh, if it comes back next summer, maybe, but I've heard nothing. But it, it's it's received so it received five stars across the board, which is unheard of in yeah. Ireland. Uh, and it's the gate are beautiful for doing those things of putting on something special. Still to this day, people go, "I saw the Sweeney Todd at the gate in two thousand and three." Mm. So it's stuff like that that so, I really like. Uh, there's also I saw also Killian. It's been announced recently that you're going to be doing the. Um, concert version of Made in Tagadam. Yeah. Yeah, our good friend yeah. Scott Garnham with Cisco oh, right. Entertainment. You and, uh, yeah. you and Pixie Lot, right? Me and Pixie Lot, yeah. So he's... Uh, Scott rang me a while ago and said uh, he'd really like me for this role. And I remember seeing Dagnum when it was at the Adelphi, I want to say, um, and enjoyed it. And I've always... Wa- I've been seeing all these concerts happen at the Palladium and people going in and saying it's a great experience and love playing there. And I go, I'd love to get my foot in the door yeah. there. I'd love to do something. Um, and then this opportunity came up and I liked the role. I liked the, I liked the, um, the songs and I was like, yeah, this would be great. And it's, it's that thing of a week rehearsals, mm. put the show on yeah. uh, and see how it goes. But yeah, lovely. It'll be like a month after I finish in Les Mis, just come back to London for a week. That's the handy thing oh, as well. Nice. I commuted uh, on weekends from when I did Phantom and everyone was like you're crazy you're flying home every weekend and it was like a 45 minute flight mm. and three hours door to door so on a Sunday I'd be up at 7 and be walking in my front door in Dublin at 10am mm. and just yeah. take the kids oh, it's, it's, uh, one at the time it's so, so, worth it, yeah. so important yeah I mean I used to drive back from Plymouth on a Saturday night it's like five and a half hours or Manchester, you know, because I had to spend that Sunday with my family. Otherwise, I go mental. Yeah. 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 And it, it is that as well, where I think a lot of people would listen to that, John, and be like, yeah, because you have to be there for your family mm. and you have to be there for. But at the same time, you're going, no, I, I, I can't it's, sit on my own and yeah. just twiddle my yeah, thumbs yeah. and do nothing. Or yet. spend another day with people I don't really like in the cast. <laughs> but it, but what you say like that's obviously a joke but like what you mean is if if you did you'd be sitting with them going i could be with my son yeah 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 100% yeah. you know yeah. you know yeah. it's like as much as you like them nothing compares you know you have to be with your family no, absolutely you? you know i'm out yeah. here in paris now doing a show the cast are brilliant everyone's lovely we do sunday shows so monday's my day off my daughter came to visit this weekend with her friend i'm not actually mm. going home because uh, at all throughout my entire run year and I'm spending Christmas here as well because there's simply no time to do it because of the way the things have fallen but mm. you know as soon as she left I was suddenly very sad yeah you mm. know that kind of thing oh, but my wife's coming out here in about six days and then I'll be happy again but mm. you know but it doesn't matter how but, lovely but the a- people are you're with you do need to have something other that you live I'm, for I'm currently working on a tv series that shoots in Finland and I looked up Finland at Helsinki at Christmas time and there's this beautiful Christmas market. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go to the Christmas market and do it. And I go over there and you realise that if your family's not with you, it's, it's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, because filming is different to a cast. At least with a cast, you'd have other people. I was sort of, you're out there on your own filming something. And I was just like, I was there for about an hour. I had some chocolate and some mulled wine. It was like, well, back to the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who knows me or anyone who knows Alistair will know who you are, Killian. But there mm-hmm. are details in your life that people probably don't know. So we're going to ask you a quiz, 10 questions mm-hmm. all about your life and work or thereabouts. 
uh, just as a potted version of getting to know you a bit better. So here we are. This is Al's 10 Questions. Are you ready? Yeah. This is Al's 10 Questions. Bum, bum, bum. Question one. You played the role of Charlie Price in the Broadway production of Kinky Boots, but who originated the role? Stark Sands. Correct. Question two. You played Tony in Billy Elliot the Musical, music by Elton John. Elton is currently working on a stage adaptation of which movie opening next year? The Devil Wears Prada. Correct. Question three. One of your earliest credits was Singing in the Rain, where you played Rod. Name two famous Rods. <laughs> God. <laughs> and that's not a euphemism, just people who are called Rod. Yeah, they can't be porn stars. There must <laughs> be porn stars called Rod. Schneider and Hull. Very good. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, question. Hang on, isn't it Rob Schneider? No, Rod. No, it's Roy. Rod, it's Rob, Roy. Roy Schneider. No, yeah, it's, um, who's Adam Sandler's name? Oh, that's, uh, he's called... Um, I'm sure it's Rob. Rob. Hip, hip, hip hop. Yeah, hip hop and Rob. Rod Schneider. Let me see. I'm thinking, I think it's Rob. Think of another yeah. one. Uh, it's, I'll it's give Rob. you a clue. It's Rob. Danger, Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield, very good. You could have had Rod Stewart, Rod Steiger, but yeah, okay. <sighs> Rodney um, from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> oh yeah, good, yeah. yeah. Right. Dino Rod. Shut up. Sorry, right, okay. Shut up. <laughs> okay, um, question number four. Which role that you have famously played could be translated as brush your hair without bias? What? Is this in a musical? Oh. Yeah, it's in a musical, yeah. Brush your hair... A role I played. Mm-hmm. Oh Famously my, oh, played. Oh, my God. I think I've just worked out who it is. Oh, my God, Alistair. Famously played. Comb fair. Comb fair. That's appalling, isn't it? I, and, it and, and I'm there going, Huey Calvin? Yeah, yeah. And, and the famous role. It's not even a famous role. <laughs> Question number five. Christ. Question number five. When you, Nick Jonas, and I shared a dressing room at the then Queen's Theatre, now the Sondheim, what was the name, this is a hard one, if you know it, you know it, of the novelty song that we wrote together in the dressing room? Oh, I remember, I I didn't know I had a name, but it went, Nicholas Jonas, Alison Brammer, Nicholas Jonas, Killian Darnley. Yeah, but he also did one, didn't you remember it? Lonely Kangaroo. Oh, the lonely kangaroo. Soon. <laughs> I'm just a lonely kangaroo. Question number six. You've played <laughs> roles named Huey, Jackie, and Deco. Will you ever play a role with a first name that doesn't sound like they're from the cast of Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> no, you won't. You won't. It's, it's, it's a rider. These are that. absolutely absurd questions. <laughs> Question number seven. When you booked a Jameson's Whiskey advert, whilst in Les Miserables with me. Actor Johnny Williams kindly changed his holiday so you could film the commercial. What did you buy, Johnny, by way of thanks? Uh, a Nintendo Wii. Correct. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah I got lots of moolah for that one. Yeah. So I got yeah. a Wii. Question number eight. Lead erection is an anagram of which <laughs> of your television projects? Sorry, said that again. Lead, Lead erection. Yeah. Lead erection. Which of your TV projects? Red election. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God question, question number nine. As well as playing the Phantom, you also played Raoul in the London production of Phantom of the Opera in 2011. When you joined, the title role was played by which bell end? <laughs> <laughs> 
judge. Yeah. Trello the judge. legend. Great. And finally, you starred in the fantastic production of Fun Home at the Gate Theatre in Dublin. Name another word for fun. Um, oh, um, crack. No, sorry, it was convivial. Sorry about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not bad. Uh, that was uh, quite a poor showing there, Killen. You only got seven out of ten. What? Yeah. Oh, outrageous. What? It's like who wants to be a millionaire? It's harder when you're in the chair. Because I'm screaming the answers who out of Who wants to mothers. be a millionaire features proper answers, not, not things like, you know, lead direction <laughs> and confair and, and who is the bell end you worked with? <laughs> Do you know what? Do you remember? Do you remember, Alistair? Uh, you mentioned that me, you, and Nick shared a dressing room. Do you remember we got invited to Toy Story Three? Yes, I do remember that. Toy Story Three was coming out, and uh, Nick obviously had a connection with Disney, so Disney offered a free a preview. And I remember Katie Bryan came into the dressing room and said, "I just need names." And Nick was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'll go." And I was like, "Oh, mate, amazing! Yeah, I'd love to go." And Alistair went, "What's this?" And she explained, we've been invited to a preview showing of Toy Story 3. When I say the tears and water just filled Alistair's eyes and he was there going, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll never forget, you went, the whole film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you were so excited. And I remember we all went to see it and bawled our eyes. Oh my God, the third one. incredible. They they really should have stopped at number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The fourth one's great, but it's just like, yeah, what's the point? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Three ended so beautifully. He went off to college and that was great. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that was... uh, that was Al's 10 questions, and uh, what should we do now? Should we move on to your last show on Earth? Well, before we do, let's quickly, let's let's very, very quickly talk about um, your Christmas film, because this is Christmas episode. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas in... Christmas in Notting Hill. Yeah. 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 That was one of those things where... I think I called you, Alistair, because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of getting more and more little TV and film work, and... I'm a novice when it comes to it because I'm comfortable on a stage, but in front of a camera, I'm like, oh, I'm probably too big or subtle. And should I come in with ideas? And I've read the script. And I remember talking to you, Al, you're like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, come in with ideas. And it was one of those self tapes that came at the last minute. And I put the kids to bed and my wife said, I'm going to bed. And I said, I'm just going to go out to the shed where we I do my self tapes and I'll just throw this out. And I did one take and sent it off. And it was uh, a character called Howard who jumps in to be a panto dame at one right. point. So I grew up watching pantos and love it. So I just did my best dame impression. And it was one of those within two days, they're like, yeah, you got it. It's three weeks. Because Hallmark does a lot of filming in Dublin. Okay. And they, they shoot a lot of their movies. So they're like, yeah, it's three weeks there. And uh, yeah, away you go. And I think it was in April we filmed And it was with my friend William. It was with William Mosley, wasn't it, who I did Medieval with? Yes, it was. You used to write, yes. talking about panto. You used to write panto scripts, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still. Remember. Yeah, I don't do it much. I'm sort of a dramaturg now for a few of the places I used to write. Nice. Right. But I started it as a fundraiser for my local society when I was like 20, and you do anything to raise money for the show. So I said, "Look, I can write as a panto," and I think I wrote. Uh, a Cinderella or oh no I wrote a Robin Hood mm. and it was 26 pages long and I, I threw in song after song after song 
So it lasted an hour and a half. So they did a 20 minute interval and then they were like, yep, grand. And they put it on for one night and it sold out. So then that was back in 2002 or three. So the next year they said, will you write us another one? And it went on for three nights. And the next year was five Mm -hmm. nights. And now in my local society, they do two week runs of their pantos. Panto is now a thing. I I always need some sort of creative thing because you were talking to... That was a great episode. I forget her name. Who wrote Chocolat. Oh, Joanne and, Harris. Uh, Joanne you, Harris, yeah. Y- yes. That was a great episode. She was amazing. Mm. And you were talking about how you like to want to get into writing and stuff. And I remember someone said to me, just write. If you want to write, uh, uh, because I couldn't write a novel. I couldn't write a song. But I knew the art of panto and how they work. So I was like, well, I, I definitely remember one of the jokes. Panto. I remember. I remember one of the jokes, which was, I was out in my car the other day and I saw a man on his mobile phone. I was so shocked I nearly dropped my lipstick in my bowl of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that is, yes. a, that is a great joke. All right, well, it's, I think the time has come for uh, What Three Words. Killian, you obviously, you listen to this podcast, yeah. so you know what this is, but there are listeners out there who might listen to this for the first time, so you better explain what this what is. What three now. words have you heard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could have had you sing in the jingle, couldn't we? Way ahead um, Way ahead yeah. um, So, uh, Alistair Brown has got this very, very strange skill where he can tell you how many letters are in uh, three words, or a sentence, or even a whole conversation. It's very, very peculiar. Well, that's pushing it, but go on. <laughs> you know, for the purposes of brevity, we like to do, uh, we like to just ask you to choose three words to tell him, and then he'll tell you how many are in it, okay? So this is what three words. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill, and oh, he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? Killian Donnelly, what are your three words? Reese, Technicolor, Mistletoe. 27. Three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? Right, I guess that's right. I, I mean, I don't know. I never bother checking. This is the best bit. This is the best bit where you just say a number, and then I love whenever it goes, is it? Anyone, anyone, anyone count that? Is it? Yeah. yeah, nobody counts it, yeah. Let's crack on with your last show on Earth. So there's mm. an asteroid hurtling towards Earth. You've got 24 hours to live. Me and Alistair can magically click our fingers, and you can see anything you want. What would that show be? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. 
Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The show is going to be Jaws the musical. <laughs> Cuz it can be anything. Cuz it can be anything. Yeah, right, okay. Jaws the musical. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. uh firstly, I have to ask why that in particular? Out of all the films you could have chosen, why Jaws? Thank you. Thank you for asking, John. So I, my, myself and my wife went on our first date five years ago, but we've known each other for about 15 years. Our paths have crossed. She used to be in the business in London doing shows like Rock You and Singing in the Rain. She is incredible. And we both say we lived our 20s, lived our 30s, and then we met each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying that at the wedding speech, actually, Alistair was there. And it was that thing of, we weren't trying to prove ourselves on that first date. You weren't trying to be someone you weren't. So we were just completely honest with each other. And it was it was lovely. As first dates go, it was really, really lovely. My dog's coming over, so you can probably hear him tap dancing. <laughs> um, yep. Thank you. But one of the things I said was when we were talking about favourite movies, I was like, I'm not going to lie. My favourite movie is Jurassic Park. And she went, my favourite movie is Jurassic Park. And I went, yeah, you're, you're lying. You're lying. She went, no, no, no. And I love Jaws. My whole family loves Jaws. And I went, Jaws is the greatest film ever. I love Jaws. I would love to see a musical of Jaws. Right, right. So when you guys started this podcast, I was like, 100% it would be Jaws the musical or Jurassic Park the musical. And then I was listening to Blagden's episode because I'm Mm. a fan. That was a cracking episode again. And he was saying he was picking names with his wife, Laura. Mm. And I was like, oh, this will be a fun thing. So myself and my wife, Louise, have been texting each other for like the past four or five days and it's been a gorgeous thing of sending the cast who would this no i get rid of him because this would be how about this person for this character that is perfect yeah he would be amazing i can see it and it's been the best sort of like four days of just putting the jaws the musical and i i know who's matthew warchus is going right. to direct it great because he is phenomenal at taking movies yes, and putting them is. onto the stage because if you go to Jaws the Musical, you'll be going, how are they going uh-huh. to do the shark? What's the shark? And he would do it in an artistic way rather than here's a puppet uh-huh. or here's something. It would just be done in a stylized way because Spielberg, when he did the movie, the shark didn't work. The shark is broken and they had to come up with different ways. And he created suspense in film. And now everyone uses suspense where you don't yeah, see yeah, yeah. the monster. You just, you're, the yeah. audience is interpretation is far worse of what's under mm. the water than actually seeing Absolutely. the shark. The best um, bits with Jaws are when you're like, when you just see the yellow barrel dragging around and you're yeah, like, when you oh. see the, the yellow barrel or the dock turns yeah, yeah, around yeah. and it just, yeah. and then, the, and then John Williams music kicks in and John Williams has given us the rights to the theme. Yeah. So you will get the... Okay, um, well, I think you don't even need to worry about getting the rights because he's going to die. Everyone's going to die. Just take the rights. Just nick him, It doesn't matter. There's an asteroid's going to hit. Don't worry. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I have to to say, actually, I have to say something about John Williams. I think he is possibly the most important person Steven Spielberg ever met. Him and George Lucas. I agree. I mean, I'm currently watching Dial of Destiny, the new Indiana Jones film. It's very nice, but the music is what makes it. It's mm-hmm. what makes Star Wars, yeah, and it I really agree. does make Jaws. It's what makes Harry Potter as well, by the way, yeah, like yeah, yeah. something else, you know. Well, 
I really, I saw this incredible thing today with Chris Columbus, who directed the Potters. John Williams always scores to the long edit. Yeah. So that he can cut it down. Yeah. And Chris Columbus said it was meant to be 30 seconds of when they arrive at Hogwarts for the first time in Philosopher's Stone. Uh But actually we have a two minute, 30 second because of his score. Because you were able to pan up on Hogwarts and hear boom, 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 and play that entire, entire moment and just listen. And didn't he, did he do Jurassic Park as well? Am I right in thinking that? He did Jurassic Park. Yeah, he did Jurassic Park. And Spielberg always talks about how he saved, he saved Jaws, but he saved E.T. because here he he goes, I I think it's at the, uh, a gala night for John Williams and Spielberg speaks and he goes, let me play you the famous moment in E.T., where Elliot and E.T. go off the cliff on the bike without his score and just the sound effects. And it is, it is that, it is that. And I always sort of compare it to musical theatre when people say, oh, I don't like musicals. I don't get them. It doesn't make sense when people start singing. And I go, but, but you like watching Jaws, but take away John Williams' Mm. music and you just have a camera zooming in on legs. And for for the sound of splashing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And screaming, of course. (laughs) Do you know that you've seen, um, Robert Shaw's son live on stage. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. In in Warhorse with me. No. Ah. Oh wait, are you talking yes. he was in The Shark is Broken. So you've yes, seen the so shark. I saw The Shark is Broken. Yes. I didn't know that. Ian played um uh, the German officer. Verdammt der Kaiser. Yeah, he he played the German officer. That is incredible. So you saw him ten years before he even had the idea for the shark is oh broken. Oh my god, that's amazing. Nice guy? Yeah, yeah. Really nice yeah. guy. Uh, same as uh, same as us, he goes home. He lives in, he lived in Brighton at the time, so he would just he never socialised. Just I'm gonna, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. At, at the time he had young kids, but yeah, and then and now of course he's doing yeah the play about Jaws. Is it good? Oh, I love it. I saw the play. It's great. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I heard it was great. Yeah, he's amazing. It's it's brilliant. If you're if you're a Jaws fan, it's incredible. If you're not a Jaws fan, it's 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 a beautiful play of of three people stuck together on a boat. Do you know what? Funnily enough, I watched it for the first time in like 20 years the other day and it still holds up. Yeah. I don't know why mm. I randomly thought, oh, I watched Jaws. I haven't seen that. So did we. Rachel really? said to me two weeks ago, let's watch Jaws. I just yeah. fancy watching Jaws. It's like we knew you were going to say this. It really weird. Yeah. Did you see, though, that Richard Dreyfus wasn't happy about it? Oh, he didn't like oh, really? it. And he's oh. really disappointed in the way he's, he's portrayed. He was fuming. Oh, well, this is the thing. I didn't know about the drugs. I didn't know he, he, he was into cocaine and oh. the the... the Hooper character or the Dreyfus character in the in the show is addicted to cocaine. It's just, oh, oh, really? So there's yeah. little things like that. Now I know Shaw treated him terribly because he was very method and wanted to like beat him down, and he was just this young actor and and was saying things like, "Oh, Spielberg's just offered me the next film, Close Encounter, something weird like that." Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and it's like saying that while you're stuck on a boat with lads. It's like, all right, man, shut up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, well, let's start. Let's start then. So, who are you going to have playing Richard Dreyfuss's character? Uh, Me. Oh, okay, great, lovely. And, and well, do you know what? I will say now <laughs> because I'm a fan of the show and I've listened to it loads. Um, you both make the cut. Okay? Oh, oh my god! Yeah. I'm so excited. It's, it's always fun, isn't it, when okay. we get put in the show? So, can I say? I, I'm, let me guess who I am. Right? Am I 
the corpse with the eyes poking out that pops its head <laughs> yes! out of a boat. <laughs> yes! You are Ben Gardner. That's his name, right. And there's Alistair, the... Um... I, I, was, I was... This is amazing, because I was going to say, stand by your phones, boys. And it was going to be like a phone call. You've been offered <laughs> Ben Gardner, who gets killed on the boat. Um, and I'm, I'm the kid on the lilo. You're the kid on the lilo! <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> no, I'm not. You are, you are the Kittner boy. <laughs> I'm the kid on the lilo. Yeah, right. Kit, his name is Alex Kittner. Wow. Okay, Alex Kittner. So he's he's, he's the kid that gets killed whilst they know there's been a death, and Chief Brody is still allowing people to swim. Yeah. And he, and when he dies, that's when they all the whole village, the town goes. Okay, there is a great white shark. We need it killed. So you're the reason it all kicks off. But yeah. And who's who's playing my widowed mother that slaps the mayor? Uh, the one with the glasses. Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Kittner. Right. Yeah. So this has been back and forth, back and forth. And I was going, is this going to be Why like... Why are we starting with the really minor characters? <laughs> I love it. So I was like, How is this going to... How dare you? Sorry. I am not a minor character. <laughs> I have the best jump scare in the whole film, mate. Correct. You're you're the best scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your, yeah. your mm. mother, it was going... I think it's going to be an end of act one, your mother. Or else it's going to be the quint claws across the chalkboard. Mm. But she comes out. She comes back from the funeral of Alex Kittner and says to Chief Brody, "You knew the you knew there was a shark." And she slaps him in the face. So this is probably going to be a big number. End of Act One, and it's Amelda Staunton. Wow, wow! It's going to be Amelda Staunton, I mean, and she perfect. only does that part. Okay. So like people are like, oh, when she walks out and she's in the veil and slaps Brody. Yeah. And she says, she goes like. You knew my boy. My boy is yeah. dead. You knew there was a shark there, Chief. You knew. All that. I love All that she's that. playing that. Then that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this is the thing. I just did an impression of the woman from the 1977 <laughs> film. Imelda Sarton would be like, no, I'll do my own turn. No, 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 no. You can't. Well, listen to her do it. Look, listen, Imelda, I know there's an asteroid about to kill us all, right? But you absolutely cannot do your own interpretation of this. You gotta, you gotta say like this. <laughs> I love that I was like, I can't wait to tell the lads that they're the two victims. And the, the two years immediately went, am I the guy in the line? Or am I the guy who dies in the boat? Yes. That's brilliant. Well, let's, let's do them in reverse order then. So let's do the big roles last. Let's build up to the big leading roles. So who else have we got? Yeah, cool. So you have the mayor. Good role. Who is not listening yeah. to anyone. And that's going to be Adrian Lester. Great. He's going to get, he's going to absolutely attack that. And it's this sort of, strong figure when everyone is going you've got to close the beaches you've got to close the beaches he's just standing strong and going no mm. then he's caught out because the shark starts attacking people and the whole town wants his blood so he is yes. broken come act two so he'll be able to perform that phenomenally well my son was on that beach yeah yeah what else yeah then you've got chief brody's kids okay okay uh jaws is quite uh male heavy so i've done a gender swap for his oldest boy, Michael, yep. who was actually nearly attacked by the shark. Yeah. Which which is, he goes into the pond. Yes. He takes the raft with his buddies into the pond. Mm -hmm. And the shark is in the pond. Um, As the girl screams about 9,000 times. Shark in the pond! Shark in the shark, pond! Shark! Shark! Um, Michael's in the pond. That's what yeah. the mother says. The character's called Michael. I've changed it to Michaela. And it's going to be played by Nico Parker, who is... A fabulous actress who is in The Last of Us. Did you see The Last oh, of Us? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And she's the, the girl who dies at the start. She's the daughter. 
oh, yeah. that dies in that yeah, moment yeah, at yes. the start. I, I'm like a huge gamer and I love The Last of Us game and that is mm. the most beautiful interpretation of a game on screen yeah. ever. Oh, and she incredible, yeah. is incredible. Nico Parker is her name. Um, she's going to do that. And then John is the other son and he's just a three-year-old boy who does the copying with the dad yeah. at the table, all yeah. the fingers and stuff. And I do that with my son. Right. So and he, he follows me. So it's going to be my son, Tyke. Very nice. Okay. That's perfect. Playing that role. Gorgeous. Um, spell it. How do you spell it, Alistair? T-A-D-G-H? T-A-D-H-G? Oh, very close. H-G. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can spell it either way, but we're the G at the end. Yes, yes. Well done, bud. Thanks. Well. Um, very little roles again. Mrs. Brody, Chief's wife, uh, is going yeah. to be my yeah. wife, Louise. Okay. Because I just, she's just incredible. And I was like, I want to, uh, yeah, I want to watch it. Yeah, I'm not in make, it. Making your wife work on the last night on earth. That's correct. Good. <laughs> correct. Did she, did she, um, did she take your name? No, no. She's Bowden. Louise Bowden. Great. Louise Bowden. Thank you. Who else? Uh, I'm going through this. That's it. Then we're into the three big ones. Right. That's basically Let's it. Go for okay. it. So the three leads are Hooper. Quint and Brody. Hooper was played by Richard Dreyfus in the movie. It's going to be played by Mike Gibson. Of course. Yeah. Now, Mike is in nearly every time I turn on the TV, he's in something, but he is always incredible. I saw him recently in The Reckoning. Yes. And yeah. oh, wow. That was a great show. But I, I I love those sort of things because it's 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 a complete it's talent and it's a complete look because he's still doing the self tapes in the in the show oh, yeah. at the end yeah, of the yeah, garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love that where he does a self-tape and suddenly he's in the crown and I'm yeah. watching him in the crown and I go, oh, he's just so good. Yeah. And I think he would be a phenomenal hooper. So he'd be great. Yeah, he'd be great. So who, who else have you got? Yeah, so Chief Brody, played by uh, Roy Schneider. Yeah, Roy Scheider. Roy Scheider. Oh. S-C-H-E-I-D-E-R. Okay. Roy Scheider. Also very excellent in The Marathon Man. Do you remember that? No, I didn't. See that Marathon Man, Dustin Hoffman. Check that film out. It's amazing. Chief Brody, Matt Henry. Yeah, who you know very well. He's going to be yeah. Chief Brody. Yeah. I know Matt really well. We did Kinky Boots together. And Matt has that. He was your Lola, wasn't he? Yeah. He was my Lola. But Matt, on stage and off, has that sort of uh, collective calmness yeah. where I'll be going, What? Oh my God, no. That's a... Oh my God, that's a... I'll be getting frustrated. He'll go, Calm down. And that's what Chief Brody is. Mm-hmm. Chief Brody is sort of listening to everyone and going, Okay, how do I deal with this? Um, so Quint, because uh, it's sort of like the same way when I did the commitments where we took a lot from the book rather than just copy the film. So we'll take a lot from the book. And Quint in the book is sort of this real strong character where Rob uh, Rob Shaw beautifully played him as this like arrogant and and pest towards the Hooper character and taunting him. Salty yeah. sea dog. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. annoying him where... I want someone who you wouldn't fuck with. I want someone who stood there and strong and go, tell me I'm wrong and tell me I can't do this and good luck with that. And Quint is going to be played by Tom Hardy. Yeah. Great choice, yeah. Wow. And he would just yeah. be there and not one person, even when Chief Brody's going, you can't do that, Quint. He'd go, Let's fucking watch me. I'll, I'll stab the shark. I will literally jump in after it. And he's just going out of his mind and you just see those close shots of his eyes and he's going to tell me I can't do this. Tell me. I'm he's like, sort of like a shark, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know? My wife suggested him yeah. and I was like, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Tom Hardy's appeared yeah. in, 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 in a few last shows, hasn't he? I think someone who picked Les, Les Miserables decided, wanted him to be Jean Valjean. 
Is that right? Danny Mac did. Danny oh, Mac yeah, did. Danny yes, Mac did yes, that. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, very yeah. good. Thank, thanks, Killian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, so, okay, right, here's a question. On a tangent, you haven't cast yourself in it. No. But if you were to be in it, which one of those three leads would you like nice to play? Question. I was I was jumping between um, Hooper or Brody, and I think I think I would be Brody. I think I would be Brody. Yeah. I'd take a good shot at Brody. Um, Alistair, I nearly had you for Hooper. Yeah, I was. Th- yeah, that's yeah. what I was hoping for when you said my name. N- yeah. Not boy on Lilo. But I just was like, oh, I've got to throw him on the Lilo. But you always had me down as the corpse in the boat, didn't I, you? I, I, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's your cast, so it's obviously a musical, right? It's, so who's going to write the music? Uh, so it, <laughs> it was this thing where I was going, oh, God, yeah, Sondheim. Yeah, Sondheim's going to yeah. team up with Williams, with John Williams, yeah. and the two of them are just going to yeah. belt out. And, and, but the best musicals, and we spoke about Fun Home, the music fuels, the, the songs fuel the narrative. So in yeah. Fun Home, they controlled the applause you never actually had a button on a song and you applauded it you actually only applauded at the end yes, when we bowed i love that come from away kind of does that as well yeah. they control the and i love that uh-huh. because the moment i applaud i'm taken back to being an audience member where you're just kept with it so this will work the same way you will just be kept on the journey and you will just keep going and keep there won't be applauses and there'll only be, there could be one or two words, there could be one or two sentences, but there'll be scenes with music underneath. And then you'll just jump into a bit of Sondheim pitter-patter and everything. Yeah. I think, though, I've got to say, there's a bit of a bump in your road there, because I think as soon as the line, you're going to need a bigger boat, is said, the audience are going to go nuts, yeah. right? Which, so, okay, having said that, the big song that the female pilot sings and come from away is the first time they yeah. applaud mm. so i'll allow that uh-huh. i'll allow that uh-huh. also yeah. i will point out that it is a 90 minute show straight through oh, oh no okay. i'm telling a lie it's a 90 minute show but there's an interval and there's four, 45 minutes in each okay so it's short right? okay because you're going to be asking me about my interval drink we are so um <laughs> so we don't even need to be here do we alice you can I told do it you. All i own. told you lads yeah. i'm a fan of the show um, do you want me to tell you who I'm watching it with first? Yes, whatever order you'd like to do it. Right, okay, well, let's just tell audience members here who are listening who don't know what's happening. We have asked him his cast. We have asked him his show. We are going to ask him also who he's going to watch it with, what he's going to have at his interval drink, what his venue is, and where he's going to go for a supper afterwards. Mm. So why didn't you just tell us all that? Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to be watching it with my dad, who's a huge, yeah. huge Jaws fan. And we're just going to be sat there, which means at the interval, there's going to be two pints of Guinness waiting for us. And the reason it's okay. Guinness is because myself and my dad nurse a Guinness and we talk. So the interval, because the last show on earth and it's I'm going to die afterwards, um, is an hour long. So we're going to <laughs> discuss act one for one hour. And then we're going to go back and watch the next 45 minutes. Right. And that is how long it's going to take us to drink that Guinness because you don't neck a Guinness, your nurse a Guinness. That sounds brilliant. And where would that Guinness be from? That Guinness is going to be from the Devonshire pub, which has just opened in London opposite the Piccadilly Theatre. If you type it in and type in Guinness, it is getting the best reviews of Guinness, and I can vouch for it because I went and had one. It is the best Guinness 
in London. It is owned by a guy called Ushin. And what he's doing, apparently, is using the correct amount of gas for it, where other London pubs don't. And they use the correct amount of gas that you would use in Irish bars. And the dome at the top right. of it is amazing. Because you'd recommended a few pubs to me when I first went to Dublin, yeah. including one, I think, called Brogan's. Right Brogan's, by... right beside the Olympia, yeah. Yeah, that's a cracking Guinness. I got a picture of my kids tasting Guinness in there as well. They were only about five or six. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you know. sent me that, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next thing, you got your interval drink. You're in the Devonshire Arms. Where are you watching it? Where are you watching it, yeah. Uh, at the Sondheim, which was the Queen's. I, 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 I just, it's just such a theatre that's genuinely coming back to the Sondheim. I was like, this is a home away from home. Uh-huh. You know the halls. You know the reverb in the halls. Yeah. There's great, like when you want to do Les Mis and you're walking to stage and you're all going, ah, ah, you're like, okay, it's there. It's those stairwells, yeah. yeah. The stairwells and it's still the same backstage. They've done it up completely now, but yeah, it's it's definitely a home. Yeah, they did home. it up so, quite yeah. a few years ago, that and the Gilgood. They did it at the same time. So yeah, but okay. And it's still knocked through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Well, when we did the Limits concert there, there were so many people in the cast and the band that they had to use both theatres, the dressing room. So there was an overspill. So because I was alternate to, uh, oh God, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Alfie Bow. Um, I had my own dressing room in another building. Mm. Have I told you that I saw Alfie about a month ago? So we, so we, we um, he played the um, the waterfront in Belfast, right? And it got, I got a text, hey, do you want to come watch? I was like, yeah. So I went, because I think he knew I lived in Belfast. Anyway, went along. And um, after one of the songs, he goes, um, he goes, anyway, uh, I, I, would do the, I would do his voice. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Mr. Bean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, <laughs> No, um, he went, he went, um, so there's a friend of mine in, in the audience um, who's a very good singer. Um, Alison Brammer, stand up. And I was like, oh, God, and I stood up and I went, hello, and everyone clapped and went, and he had me standing. He went, yeah, my best memory of Alistair is every day when I sang Bring Him Home on the Barricade, every single day he would fart and it absolutely <laughs> stank in front of 3,000 people. <laughs> and I was like, cheers, and then just sat back down, bright red. <laughs> it was mortifying. I, I know. Now, can I just say, my when I went to see Alfie at the Albert Hall, he got me to stand up like that as well, but then he invited me on stage to sing with him. Mm. So I'm not, I'm not sure which one of us got the worst end of the stick there. Yeah, well, you had to work. I just had to sit in my embarrassment. Yeah, but I, I, I'd had like three or four pints at that point. I had no idea it was coming. So <laughs> that makes it easier. That makes I had it no easier. idea of the key of the song. Uh, you know, it was just a guitar. It was a nightmare. I love it. <laughs> and you've got one more thing to say, which is your, um, where would you like to eat dinner after your show? There is a gorgeous restaurant in Dublin called the Trocadero mm-hmm. that I absolutely adore. I went there and this year. Yeah, myself and my missus uh, had our first date there. And it, it's, there's, there's very few restaurants that nail the ambiance. Yeah. And the ambiance of the Trocadero is just incredible where you're going, is there music playing or is that the sound of everyone talking? Mm-hmm. Like a Sheiky's vibe. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah, of those places going. that's got like headshots on the walls, you know. Yes, and I told this story at my wedding where it was our first date and I love the restaurant, but it's got actors' headshots and entertainers' headshots on the walls. My headshot is on the wall, but that's not (laughs) why I took my wife there for the first date. But after our starters, uh, after our main course and we'd had a bit of wine, my wife goes, 
here isn't it mad all the unknown actors on the walls (laughs) 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 i was just there going uh yep and i had this smile on my face so then you just kind of you just moved your head in front of the picture you were sitting in front of (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) oh embarrassing they sat right under it. sitting at the killian donnelly table yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's hilarious yeah oh what are the odds look at all these fucking losers on the wall Well, everyone's a loser with that guy there. Yeah. So. Uh, I have to join in with this. Have you got a picture of yourself on a restaurant wall somewhere, Alistair? I don't think so, no. No, because no. I have as well, but not quite as cool as yours, Killian. Mine's in New York. in uh, Sardis? It's in an Italian... No, it's in a restaurant like Sardis called um, Tony's de Napoli. It's, so there's paintings. They don't have pictures. They have paintings of all actors, and I'm up on one of the walls as Valjean. That's cool. Yeah, That's pretty deadly. Cool. Yeah. That is very cool, yeah. They gave me one. They, they made it, and they gave me another one, and I've got that in my house. Oh, that's amazing. Are you very good for keeping mementos like that? I'll keep programmes and little bits of costume and stuff, but the odd thing like that, yeah. Are you good like that, Alistair? No, I'm not, but John is good. He's got he's got things. So, like, we did, like, Les Mis in Dubai together, and they gave us, like, a, a signed thing with, like, the Dubai, you know... Arabic. It was it was it was limits in Arabic or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and you've got that on your wall. Like you you've got little 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 things all over your office, which is nice yeah. to have an office space where you can hang that yeah, stuff. I love that. But no, I'm shit. I've got like five things in a box under the bed. Yeah, I'm dreadful. You know? I'm absolutely dreadful. You're gonna regret it, boys. You're gonna regret it. You need to keep yeah. all of those things. But I don't even move into my I, I'm one of these people who you go into my dressing room eight months into a run. And everyone else has got like steamers and like pictures of their family and like fairy lights and all this. Sh- Mine yeah. just looks like a jail cell for a year. <laughs> yeah. I never move in. You know, I tell you what, it always has baffled me though. Why actors have pictures of themselves in other roles yeah. around their mirror. That is a very odd thing to do. Yeah. No, you know, look, never... I, used, I used to be good. I'm terrible. I never move into a dress no. room. And I think maybe it's because we are like, not to say we're a different generation to you, John, but we are. But you're you, like, it was an internet generation mm. that we were where we go, well, it'll always be on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why would I be printing it off and hanging yeah. it up on the wall at home? Yeah. But I genuinely would love, not to be looking at me, but like caricature drawings mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I used to have this, I used to have this uh, signed poster because I did a little night music at the National with Sondheim, Judy Dench, Patricia Hodge, Sean Phillips. Amazing production. I got the, the poster. I got it signed by the entire cast and Sondheim, and then I lost it. Oh. So, you know, yeah. But I think that was him getting revenge on me because when I worked with him at the National, he said to me, and I've said this on the podcast before, and I've said this in interviews before, he, g- he gave me this brilliant quote. He said to me, John, in front of the whole cast, he said, John, you sing with great style. It's the wrong style, but it's great style. <laughs> Right, and <laughs> I haven't like, said that before on the podcast. No, have I not? Oh, no. okay. Right, sorry, but anyway, but that led on to me going. Oh, I've got to get him back. I've got to get him back because he was a bit of a lad, right? So then I interrupted him at dinner at the front of the National Theatre, and I took in a bunch of things to sign, right, including this poster. And he said, "Shall I just uh, sign to John?" I went, "No, no, no. Just put your name. You just want my name on them, yeah? Because when you die, I'm going to sell them all on eBay." <laughs> 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 and then I lost the big one. I lost that the big is a one. Shame. Uh, but also, I know I'm blowing smoke out of my own arse here, but there's one oh, other please, thing I've I love, got. There's I love one it, other I love thing it. I've got which I cherish, right? So you know when you were like a student actor and you would read plays, and in the front of the play, you know, in the script, it would have where it first was performed and who was in the cast. Do you remember that in like playbooks mm-hmm. and script books? Yeah. And I've got one of a little night music with a cast list with my name in it, signed by Sondheim. 
Oh, class. That's good, yeah. That's a good one. That's amazing. That's a, that's a keeper, yeah. Also, I'm, I hate to say this to you, Killian, but um, Gillian Lynn, who choreographed the original Phantom, she signed a copy of her autobiography to me saying, to John, you are the best Phantom. Love, Gillian. So it's a fact then. <laughs> well, so look, I'm sorry, mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I, but I got a smooch off Gillian Lynn. Mm, she was lovely, wasn't she? When I was Ral and you were on stage, Music of the Night. Ah. And we would stand stage left, myself, Jeremy Seckham, Wendy Ferguson, and Garrett Snook would come down. And the four of us would just stay there. And Gillian and her wonderful husband, I don't remember his name. Peter. Thank you. They came in. And I think they'd had a bit of wine. Of course. And she just wanted to pop and watch the the masquerade. Yeah. And she came and just saw me in the Raoul gear, yeah. getting ready for managers. And she went, oh, you beautiful, beautiful boy. <laughs> and gave me a big smooch on the lips. Oh. And then she, he, they just walked through and Peter went, whoop. <laughs> and, we walk, and they walked through and they stood uh, side stage. And I remember Wendy Ferguson just turned to me going, Gillian Lynn just kiss you on the lips. I went, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. class. <laughs> and now she's got a theatre named after her. Oh, she was, yeah. you know, she was absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, she was incredible. But listen, before we move move on, we've actually um, <laughs> because you've listened, you can't fall for the gag. We've had a celebrity send a question in. Class. I was hoping this would happen. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and it's <clears throat> someone very special um, has sent a question for you. So. Um, he sent me a voice note because um, it's just the easiest yeah. way for him. Can I? Can I just <laughs> so say? Can I just say? Right, that this is possibly the best one that we've ever had, in my opinion. Yes. I love it. Oh yeah, you've heard it. Yeah, Alistair has sent it to me, and I played it like five times in a row. I hope I'm not bigging it up too much, but I loved it. <laughs> Here's the celebrity question. Ooh, it's the celebrity question. So here it is. He sent me a voice note. Okay, here we go. Hello, Gillian. <laughs> I am a renowned scientist and also the author of many successful books about the mysteries of the universe, including the brief history of time. Therefore, my question for you is this. What is your favorite Christmas song? He's not listening. Mine goes not listening. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. Okay. Um, that, okay. Stephen Hawking there. Asking you what's your favourite Christmas song. <laughs> uh, so can I say for the people who couldn't see Killing on the camera then, he was crying with laughter. He had to take his headphones out to stop, uh, just stop he was hearing about, it. To stop hearing it because it was too funny. <laughs> Can I ask, Alistair, that you play that again so we can hear it cleanly? Because it is just a wonderful all right. impersonation. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so here's his... Uh, you have to, and, and also, you have to hear his question. You have to hear the question, yeah. It's a Christmas-themed one, by the way. Yeah, it's a Christmas-themed question. Okay, here we go. Hello, Gillian. I am a renowned scientist and also the author of many successful books about the mysteries of the universe, including the brief history of time. 
Therefore, my question for you is this. What is your favorite Christmas song? Mine goes, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. What is your favorite Christmas song? Oh, God, that, that last bit oh, got me. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So what's your favourite Christmas song? It's what Stephen wants to know. Stephen Hawkins' Jingle Bells, but what's yeah. yours? Fairy Tale of New York. Oh, yeah. well, there we are. It has yeah. to be. It's the best, isn't it? I love a, st- I love a story. And are you crying because it's... of Sean, who, d- who died recently? Shame. Shame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What a legacy he's left behind. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. my God. And what I was about to say was... <laughs> No one will ever be able to sing it like Shane sang it because Shane was a storyteller and a poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just hear the opening, like, two notes of that piano. Yeah. yeah. And people go, oh, it's just, it's Christmas. It's amazing. It's that. Um, yeah, Fairy Tale New York, best one ever. Yeah, yeah it's an absolute yeah, masterpiece. There, a masterpiece yeah. of Christmas songwriting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. so the month, so Shane died and. Uh, there's an Irish uh, TV host who's since uh, is now moving to London called Ryan Tuberty. He does the Late Late Show. He used to do the Late Late Show. And he put out something where he went, if heaven exists, it is some session up there right now. Because uh-huh. Christy Dignam passed away, who's from, uh, how can I protect you in this crazy world? Yeah. Uh, Aslan. Mm. And Sinead O'Connor passed. Yes. And now Shane McGowan passed. It is some session mm. happening up there right now yeah. and, and it was even hearing that i was like oh my god it's i cried my eyes out at, at the um at the glenn hansard playing playing it at the funeral i was just yeah. oh my god when i watched that he's great I was just, as well isn't oh. he? he's really good yeah. yeah well we were on stage in fun home when sinead passed yeah oh. she passed it was announced at six o'clock and we uh, there's a tradition at the gate that when an irish artist passes. We offered them the show at the end and uh, Nicola McEvely had to go out. And After our show, she goes, some of you may not know, but sadly Sinead O'Connor passed away. And just this gasp yeah. from people who hadn't been checking their phones or anything like that. And people were in bits. Yeah. So, yeah, really, really, really sad. Did you audition for the for the Father Ted the Musical? Did I hear that? No. What I did was I wrote a treatment for it. In fact, I did it when we were in uh, Phantom together. You wrote and a then, treatment. Yes, and then it's it's being produced to Neil Bannon. It's Neil Bannon, isn't it? Hannon. Yes, that's right. Neil Hannon. Hannon, yeah, yeah, Hannon, yeah. Hannon is the musician who wrote the score from yeah. Divine Comedy. Yeah, Divine Comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I auditioned for the workshop. Uh-huh. And in and here's here's a bad audition story. When I was auditioning, they were like, "Read." I read the script. It was hilarious. Like the scenes I had to do, and then I had to perform a song and they're like any song you want and I was going well look I'm doing Les Mis at the moment and I was just thinking would you like me to do Bring Him Home as Dougal and they all went absolutely brilliant yes <laughs> that's amazing but I mistakenly tried to be funny ah. I tried to be Dougal and I remember when the breakdown for Book of Mormon came out for the first time it said do not try and be funny we'll tell you if you're funny and it was a similar thing in that room because right. I would pull Dougal faces yeah. and they did not smile. They didn't break. Uh. And at the end, I hit the last note of home and they went, well done. 
we saw little elements of Dougal in there. And uh, yeah, cool. And then it, it never came to anything. Mm. But it yeah. was it was that thing of, do you ever, when you're in an audition, I'm just going, my choices are the wrong ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I have to I stick have with to finish. them. <laughs> yeah, I've got four more minutes yeah. of this song. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. So, um, may I do a recap, Killian, please? Please, please do. Of Jaws the Musical, your choice for a last show on earth. You would like to see Jaws the Musical, directed by Matthew Warchus. <laughs> What a very weird pronunciation that was. Uh, sorry, Warchus, is it? Warchus, it was yeah. Warchus. Matthew Warchus. Um, <laughs> start, yeah, music by Sondheim and Williams, with no claps, no buttons, 90 minutes, 45 and a half, but with an hour-long interval. <laughs> yes. You would like John Owen Jones to play Ben Gardner, the corpse. Yes. <laughs> You'd like Alistair Brammer to play Alex Kittner, the boy on the lilo. Yeah. Imelda Staunton would play Mrs. Kittner. The mayor would be Adrian Lester. Chief Brody's kids would be Nico Parker and Tig. Yeah. Mrs. Brody would be played by your lovely wife, Louise Bowden. Hooper yeah. would be played by Mike Gibson, the brilliant Mike Gibson. Chief yeah. Brody <laughs> would be played by Matt Henry and Quint by Tom Hardy. Yeah. You would have an interval drink of pints of Guinness from the Devonshire with your dad. Yeah. And talk about the first act. It would, the interval would last an hour, as I've said. It would all be taking place at the Sondheim Theatre in London, and then you would go to the Trocadero in, du- in Dublin afterwards for... For... But on our what? That's a good gag, thank you. It would be the Brie to start, anyway. Okay, yeah, the yeah, brie. the Brie, very nice. I, that's what I have when I was there. Very good. That sounds very, very enjoyable. Yeah, very good. <laughs> very good. That sounds glorious. So, right, okay, well, let's get to the end then, so we can get onto the Billy Elliot joke in a minute. But because... Uh, it's a Christmas special, and you are a fan of the show. We have given you more than just the Billy Elliot joke. Now, you will know that sometimes when we do a Billy Elliot joke, the guest doesn't want to do it, so we do a, a limerick, the last show limerick. So because it's you, Killian, we're doing the limerick and the joke, right? Okay. I'll do the theme tune. Diddly, 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 the last show limerick. Yeah, see? There we go. Not, not racist at all. Um, so here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You're Irish. That's offensive. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I came up with that, so I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, shall I do it in an Irish accent? No, I won't. Please. Okay. There once was an actor called Killian, of whom people thought, he's a Sillian. He's not silly at all. Leading roles? Played them all. But his tax bill is over a million. <laughs> very good it is right now yes. we've got to the Billy Elliot joke okay and this is how we wrap up the show as you know Killian um, when people used to audition for Billy Elliot apparently they had to tell a joke we do I actually had to do that for my the job I'm doing now a funny thing happened on the way to the forum Cal McChrystal oh. the director brilliant comedy director wanted everyone to tell a joke but I will save my joke for when we eventually do an episode, Alistair, when you and I ask each other what our last show is, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. when you had your Billy Elliot joke, you had to tell a joke, you had a story about it. So why don't you share that with us and then tell us our Billy Elliot joke and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, so I've never chased uh, a role and when people go, oh, what, what what role would you like to play or anything like that? When I went to see Billy Elliot, I was like, I would love to play the brother. And then at one point he did a pirouette and I went, oh, forget that. Yeah, that right. Okay. <laughs> I saw you do it. So, I saw you do it. Very good. Yes, you did. Yeah. Your family came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I brought you on stage. And That's I remember right, your, yeah. 
your son isn't a little boy now, but he was legging it round as they were resetting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was uh, offered an audition and it was like, here's the material. You don't need to be in, and say I receive it on a Monday, you don't need to be in until Tuesday week. Great, brilliant. So I read through it and then said, right, I won't touch that till tomorrow. Tomorrow, my phone rings and goes, they have messed up their scheduling and everything and they're just bringing people in now. Is there any way you can get to Jerwood Space in the next hour? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And it was a role I really wanted and I was like, well, this is fucked now. This is, no, I can't do this. Yeah, fine, grand. So I made my way to Jared Space begrudgingly. I was pissed off. And I went in and I was front in front of the whole panel and Pippa was casting, but it was Pippa her Alien. assistant. who I, yeah. yeah, it was her assistant. I can't remember his name. And he just introduced everyone and said, we're so sorry about the scheduling, but thank you so much for coming down. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And I was being really short. I was like, yep, yeah, fine. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> that's the character, had, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had the sides in my hand. And I remember he went, oh, you're, you're going to re- you're going to use the sides. And I went, yes, I'm going to use the sides. Cause I meant to be here next fucking Tuesday. And I got a phone call about an hour ago saying, can you come in now? <laughs> so yes, I'm going to do the sides. And it was silence and I'll never forget one guy just leaned forward and put his hands up like this under his chin and I found out that that was the associate director um, Julian Weber and he had worked with Daldry to create it and I just tore into the resident director with the dialogue which was like shouting and doing all this and doing my best Newcastle accent that I could possibly do and at the end of it, they will go, do you have a joke? Just so you have prepared more of a joke. And I didn't, but I remember I was cycling to it and I'd watched Pulp Fiction the night before. Yeah. And Uma Thurman torns toward uh, John Travolta. And I said, I'll just attempt this. In the and the word was, she goes, tomatoes. And I was like, how do you say tomatoes in a Newcastle accent? I was like, Tom- tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. Uh, three tomatoes walking down the road. Daddy tomato, mommy tomato, baby tomato. And baby tomato is like lagging behind and can't like keep up with them. So daddy tomato gets pissed off, jumps back and squishes baby tomato all over the place. And he says, catch up, you bastard. <laughs> and I threw in the bastard. Yeah. And they did a giggle like that. And I remember just wishing I had ended on the scene and not the joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they just went, thank you, Killian. And I went, yeah, grand. <laughs> like real <laughs> yeah. defeat. Like, re- I'm, real, not, like, I'm not getting this. Not getting yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. And the later that day, the phone rang saying, you're going to be offered it. The, the director loved you. Because it was, as you say, it was the character. Uh-huh. But then when you get the job, then they bring you through dialect coaching. Right. And can I give you the two sentences that they teach you in Billy Elliot yeah. to learn the Newcastle accent? Mm. The, they do wide vowels and they do closed vowels. So for the wide vowels, you'll go Simon Cowell and for the closed ones, you'll go Cheryl Cole. And you have to like kiss the back of your hand as if you're kissing someone and pout all the time. And they would say, go around and say, Uncle Keith hurt his knee while cleaning his teeth with Mr. Sheen. And you go, literally, 
in rehearsal for Billy Elliot, you just see people looking in mirrors going, Uncle Keith hurt his knee while cleaning his teeth with Mr. Sheen. Wow. And then the other one that they'll go around is, Jean-Paul Gaultier has broken a photocopier. <laughs> and, that, that's <laughs> from the the and that's the pouty one, yeah. That's the pouty one. It's just these brilliant things. And just as you're getting ready for a scene, you're like, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Jean-Paul Gaultier has broken a photocopier. Hey, Billy, where's your 50p, man? <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's, so there's my story. That's very yeah. good. Very good. And you still got the job. You've still got the job and yeah. you continue to get jobs, even though you don't need any preparation time, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> so That's thank you very why. much for joining us on the Christmas special. A big fan and friend, Mr. Killian Donnelly. Whee! Thanks, boys. All right. Thanks. Happy Christmas, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, lads. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Or should I say, dare we have it. The last show on earth of Killian Donnelly, George the Musical. That was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Well, apart from um, Warhorse Whistles. You really hate that, don't you? I don't hate it. I loathe it. It's like it's like nails on a chalkboard, mate. No, 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 now, now, no. Now, if you enjoyed Killian's episode, then please check out our back catalogue on Acast, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, please leave us a review wherever you can. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And tell everyone about the show as well, because we want everyone to hear it, because we love doing it. Mm. Uh, we also mentioned at the start of the show that we had some information to share with you about the next steps for the last show on Earth. The episode you just listened to was the final show of season one and will be the last episode for a little while as instead of releasing monthly episodes as we have been doing for the last couple of years we will be switching to a seasonal format and releasing two seasons a year with season two arriving in May 2024 Yeah, and we have also been looking at ways to involve our listeners more too as well as sharing exclusive extras like bonus chats your questions answered and early access to new episodes and much much more Yes, indeed. We've got lots of lovely little goodies and treats for you, all planned from May 2024. So watch this space. More information about our plans will soon be revealed. Now, you can catch Killian as Jean Valjean until February the 10th, and you can catch him as Eddie in Made in Dagenham, the musical, in concert at the London Palladium in March 2024. Also, don't forget that until February the 4th, you can catch John Owen Jones playing Miles Gloriosus in The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum at the Lido 2 Theatre in Paris. Oh, thanks for the plug, mate. You know, it's a lot of fun. I'm loving doing it. In fact, Al, are you ever going to stop doing those silly filming projects and television things and get back on a stage soon? I would love to. I really would love to. It's just a case of waiting for the right thing, I suppose. But thank you very much. Oh, and I thank you. And also, thank you, dear listener, for listening. Mm, yes. We hope you all had a wonderful Christmas, and here's to an exciting 2024. And we're very excited for the new year and to bring you brand spanking new episodes of your favourite theatrical podcast in season two of The Last Show on Earth. And to all a good night. (laughs) We can cut that bit. (laughs) On here we ask a question nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth! My name is John. My name is Al. We've been friends a long time past. We 
want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? What is your last show on earth? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.